thing you say to yeah. your best friend <laughs> I will never leave you yeah. <laughs> even in death I will never leave you that's uh, just gals being pals yeah the amount of different memes with this uh, little blurb on tumblr is uh it's pretty intense yeah shout out to the tumblr fandom for providing us with this image it was very well used <laughs> <laughs> there are still a lot of Xena fans on tumblr you'd be surprised yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah Xena's um, aside from being you know strength and, and brawn and, and you know the warrior princess She's really clever, and she's able to come up with solutions where you think there would be none, like flinging herself off a tree onto a boat about 50 yards out. I mean, Xenologic. that takes some extreme knowledge of physics. Or Xena's just magic. Yeah. <laughs> We've had the constant argument, Xena's half-god, Chloe thinks no, that's a whole, we'll do a whole episode about that, too. Yeah. Um, she's also super willing to let other people's teachers, so, like, she has all these women in her life who act as her mentors, and in some way, Gabrielle acts as one. They both learn from each other intensely. Uh, and then she's got a bunch of women who were in her life before Gabrielle who taught her all these things. So there's, like, Akemi, Lao, Ma, and Malila. And 
Um, a little bit. Some of that is a little bit like ooh, Mystic Asian thing, which is a little bit little, not if, cool. A little bit iffy, I think. <laughs> but uh, we, I think we could argue that pretty much all of those people were also her girlfriends. She seems like really, really close with all those well, women. Her, her and Ma essentially had flying sex. Yes, they had flying sex while fighting. It's like, is that the Albert theme? Flying, fucking, fighting, <laughs> fighting, pinching. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that the show actually celebrates uh, women learning from each other and lifting each other up. Um, and it's really good. The women are sometimes influenced, not necessarily in a good way, by men. It's like Ares and Caesar and Eli, who's, I think he's the Jesus figure. Yeah, he's yeah, the he's Jesus, Jesus guy. He looks like Jesus. Yeah, but Ares is always kind of trying to pull Xena towards back towards the darkness and all Come this. Come to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> and she's tempted a few times and kind of veers that direction, but always kind of yeah. goes back around to Gabrielle. And Ares is a creepy, creepy bastard, though. Ares is so creepy, and is he her dad? Yes, he's her dad. We've had this conversation. Her mom said that there was no way her dad could have made it back from battle the night that Xena was conceived. Ares it's, did it. Ares is... That, that's a whole level of gross that I don't want. It's like the horse discourse with the centaurs. Yeah. There's baby centaurs. The mechanics of that frighten me. I, I mean, don't... I know incest was like a big thing with the gods. Oh, yeah. Anything with a hole, they be in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but, but uh, yeah, so Caesar's there. Ares is there. Caesar was more like, I don't know what you call him. Like, not like... Caesar's he... basically what broke Xena. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. He's, he's what damaged her so much that she was literally just shattered. And, and went to be evil Zena. Evil Zena, yeah. So, not a good influence. No, bad influence. However, you know, she got out of it with the help of all these lovely women. Yeah. <laughs> totally straight. Totally straight. Um, so, the, yeah, the dudes are kind of pushing Zena and Gabrielle to, to not be good. Like, Gabrielle and the cult guys, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, but they always kind of end up back together and relying on each other again. Um, and we actually just did an episode um, where... Zena's kid dies because it's Gabrielle's fault. Uh, Which, those are wrenching episodes, you guys. Like, they're very upsetting. I, I was fine. No. You they, cried several times. I, yeah, I cried. I was like, I, you know, it's been a while since we watched the episode, and I was just really upset. And uh, we watched the episode first before we actually recorded our episode. Which we never so that, did. So that we could, like, remember it and give it... and. Pay it justice, but then we had to watch that twice in 24 hours. I think, that my, like, I think my actual suggestion was let's watch it first so you get it out of your system. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not crying on the mic for 20 minutes. I literally got emotional, like writing things about the, like, the Xena character for she this did. podcast. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, so gay. I love it. Um, so, yeah, uh, Eli was an issue for Gabrielle. Eli was an issue for Gabrielle. Caesar was an issue for Xena. Ares is an issue for Xena. Um, I mean, like, Eli wasn't a bad guy, but ultimately it hurts him telling Gabrielle to walk the way path of, of peace. The or way of yeah. peace uh, ended up getting her and Xena killed, but I mean, not for good. No, because it's Xena. They always come back. Xena, so, you know. No one's really dead until the last episode, but we don't talk about the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like the last episode. I just don't like the Xena dying part. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, there's a lot of good gay but stuff. But also, too, there there are there's more than one Xena. We've we've discussed this. We've seen some of the clones. Are they clones? Are they? I don't know. Yeah. So who are those identical Xenas that yeah, keep showing Diana. up? Like, why do why do they all look exactly the same? Why do they even have the same haircut? But uh, there's uh, Leah, the Virgin, Meg, yeah. Meg's Meg, Meg the <laughs> Tramp, I guess. Tramp and Diana, the Princess. 
Yes. A poor choice to name for that one, well, but I'm anyway. Well, sure they picked Princess Diana on purpose. <laughs> Probably. Because it was the 90s, yeah. so I'm pretty sure that was on purpose and maybe not very... Uh, Well-timed. Yeah. <laughs> Considering. Anyway. I don't know. Um, so they all look exactly alike. I want to know if there's, like, a Xena cosplay shop they all go to, because they all have the same hair. The s- Whenever one of them's in disguise, it's always the same boob armor. Yeah, they, they just know where to find copies of each other's clothing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it's just, like, lying around under a rock in the woods or I mean, something. Maybe, they, maybe they're, like... It's sweat a lot in leather you just leave it somewhere to like dry out and buy new stuff also that's gonna get dented and she fights a lot of people yeah how does she keep the boob armor bruce campbell if you're here i have questions can you come <laughs> over to the podcast alley and answer my Dana questions we know bruce campbell is somewhere in this yeah. in this building so <laughs> we have some questions about props come over to talk about <laughs> um but yeah the, the clones are all clones twins whatever they're all very nuanced um, i mean not not entirely but megan's a megan's play, actually yeah. quite a big character and you know she's very she's not very classy and she no. steals stuff but she proves herself to actually have a bigger heart than you would expect and she ends up i think working for princess diana's father because she cares about him yeah, and that's yeah. like a place where she can make herself useful and then she ends up marrying Jopser, which i mean how desperate do you have to be to marry that <laughs> anti jockster is not as anti jockster as me, but we're that's... not huge on jockster because he's, no, he's a little creepy. he's a little bit of like the nice guy and he's a little creepy. I know that you know he's important to them and everything, but we find him a little bit insufferable. And I know that's like not a very popular opinion. No, it's but... not. It's not a popular fandom opinion. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not that popular, so you know what? I'll stick by that. We just mostly don't feel that he's necessary. I don't think. No, they didn't need to have him there for a lot of things, but they just like plunked him there. Yeah. They needed something for the dudes to relate to, I guess. I don't I know. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> you ready? Uh, yes. But yeah. Uh, so, and Gabrielle. Like, let, let's look at Gabrielle. Oh, also, happy birthday, Renee O'Connor. Today yeah. is her birthday. And she liked our Instagram post. We're, like, one degree away from Xena. Which I'm like, oh my god, you looked at my nerdy podcast I hope page, she did maybe. not look at our podcast page. Because actually, the photos from last night from the prom, we look delightful. We just look so good. Yes. Delightful and adorable. Delorable. <laughs> there we go. Um. Yeah, I mean, Gabrielle starts out being, like, a little bit like a little, like, golden retriever puppy, like, super naive and eager, but she ends up learning a ton from her adventures with Xena and just everybody that she meets along the way. Uh, she probably has some of the best character growth that I've ever seen on TV. And, oh, like, yeah. Like, again, yeah. like, you watch this show and it's so silly, but there's actually, like, tons of character growth, like, Xena and Gabrielle. Um, you know, she goes through a million incarnations. She has her, like, sort of Innocent Gabrielle at the start, and then she loses her blood virginity. I just had a thought. She reminds me of me when I was in high school. Dressed like a hippie, got a little bit edgy for a while, and then um, just looked real gay towards the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Short hair, yeah, so no she, box, carrying around a knife. I mean, like. she definitely undergoes a physical transformation as well and gets, like, the butch haircut and everything. Which is um, my favorite season. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, she has, you know, she has that period after she after she kills someone for the first time and then basically gets raped by a demon, which is really awful That's, and something yeah. that actually helps happens on the Writers, show. Writers, turn on your location. I want to talk. <laughs> just want to have a conversation. And then she's hanging out with Eli all the time and she doesn't want to fight anymore, but then that doesn't go very well. No. And then she ends up really super killing people in the yard's eyes. Mega killers. Yeah. Mega killy. So um, many kills. But yeah, and then, you know, she's for a while she's hanging out with Najara, who claims to be peaceful and stuff too but is actually oh, really wacky. terrible oh she was and terrible so like and gabrielle like gets involved in a lot of cults like she really likes cults 
Like you so name a cult, she's probably in it. She's probably she's really drawn to cults. So yeah. why do you why do you think that is? Why does she like cults so much? Uh, <laughs> she's impressionable, clearly. Um, I, I've had this conversation a while ago, um, not on the podcast, oddly enough. But I said that I think she's always looking for something to believe in that's not just Xena. Like she has Xena, and she knows that Xena is this warrior, and she's the, you know writing all of her wrongs and trying to live a just and good life. Um, but I think for Gabrielle, she needs to kind of have something a little external or spiritual, something like an entity or whatever um, to believe in. And she does spend a good portion of the, of the show like trying to find that. But at the end of it, like the last scene is her on a boat talking to Xena's ghost, I guess. And I'm not sure if the scared the Xena spirit is actually there if it's just in her head, but it probably doesn't really even matter. Yeah, no, yeah whatever. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the story, like, she hasn't stopped looking for that, and she hasn't given it up. Uh, but what she ends up doing is just, like, fully just believing in Xena entirely, because Xena's dead, but Gabrielle's going to carry on the message, and she's going to keep going. And the show is supposed to be based on Gabrielle's scrolls and all of her tales of Xena. So, in a sense, she kind of, like goes to tell the world of the way of Xena. And now that is cult I will fully support. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're kind of in it now. Is it, is, it really a, is it really a cult? We're doing a podcast about Xena, so... Yeah, I won't call it a cult. <laughs> anyway. It's very intense very, appreciation. Very intense devotion <laughs> with shirts and paraphernalia. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of cults, my girl Aphrodite. <laughs> um, this is another character who I love and who we're going to meet uh, at the convention this summer. I'm so stoked. Yeah, we're going to the 25th anniversary Xena convention in Los Angeles in August, and um, we have our photo op with Lucy Lois and Renee O'Connor all bought, and yeah. um, <laughs> I, we're not going to really be able to function. No. Because I've been in love with Lucy Lois for like 20 years. I, so. feel, I feel like you're going to black out, and you're just going to be like <laughs> sitting there like, hi. If I can just not make a total fool of myself and manage to get like one or two words out i'll be really happy just don't say boobs or something at her that no really <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. i'm not that inappropriate <laughs> um anyway aphrodite is is one of my favorite characters she doesn't feature that heavily in the series because she's you know a side character um but she has a huge 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 following and one of my favorite episodes is i think it's fins fems and gems where she's kind of walking through the temple just like perusing the items were left and just being like, oh, God, oh, maybe, oh, that was not bad. And this, I'm like, just like she's going to the office to, like, check the mail. Like, what's left for me today? Well, I'll deal with that one later. Oh, Bill, no. <laughs> um, she's, she's like, she look, well, look at her. She's like a blonde valley girl. She talks like someone from Clueless. It's hilarious. Which is so fun. Aphrodite is one of my favorite side characters. I think she actually said Grody at one point. She <laughs> I does. was just like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm behind Alexandra's Tidings is amazing. She's so good. She uh, plays her so well. <laughs> um... So even this, like, despite that she's the, the goddess of love and she's ditzy and, and kind of vapid and very focused on material things and her followers, um, she's really smart and she kind of thwarts a lot of Aries nonsense and bullshit. And she's really mischievous. Like, oh, yeah. She has a really good sense of humor. Like, she's always just trying she's to mess just kind up of screw for the with them. Yeah. I know. She just likes to mess with people. <laughs> also, she definitely was a good friend to Zena and Gabrielle and she totally wanted to bang Gabrielle. There's that one episode where they kind of kiss, but... Aphrodite is kind of altered by something, so I don't know. Is that know the if one with really... Caligula? I think so. Oh yeah, remember when we watched last? <laughs> watched that one? That was 
That was my birthday. So yeah. <laughs> details on that one are fuzzy. Yeah, we recorded one episode. Uh, I think it was The God You Know. And uh, it was the day of Sarah's birthday. And our friend was visiting from the States. Our friend who actually designed our logo. And who designed our logo. Hey, Grace. Uh, Grace, uh, Big Mama Llama 5 on... Uh, on Tumblr and on Redbubble. Buy her shirts. Buy her shirts. she'll get the money from the shirts. Uh, but we was decided to record this after we had been partying all day, and it's probably our least coherent oh, yeah, podcast. I'm not particularly proud of it, but it was... Uh, it's funny. It's it, was, funny. it was funny anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you want, a good Aphrodite episode that we have done is Finn's Fens and Gems uh, with our guest uh, Andrea Warner from Pop This, uh, which was so much fun. Yeah, uh, I don't think we talked that much about the episode, but we talked a we lot talked, about, We talked enough about We talked around the episode. We went on a lot of tangents, but... That's one of my favorite episodes yeah. because it's just so, it's wacky, it's over the top, it's, and it's a really good, that would be one of the ones I would get people into Xena with, just like, come watch this, this is a good example of, of the wacky, the crazy, and then like, just the, the affection they have for each other. Our, fr- our friend was just, Andrew was just like, delighted. Yeah, she was like, yeah. you picked the best one, this is so great. <laughs> um, yeah, so Aphrodite is awesome, definitely want to bang Gabrielle, so I love that there is this kind of like, ditzy blonde character who is kind of... You know, has some depth. Doesn't really have a lot of growth necessarily. No, but like as a side character, as a side character, she's she's fun. You know, she's not one of the main. Yeah. Um, Even Joxer yeah. has a lot of character development. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway. yeah, Aphrodite has a personality, much like um, when you get to the Amazons, they all have a variety of, of personalities and levels of good and evil. And <laughs> like the crazy one. Yeah. Was it Velasca? Velasca. Yeah. yeah. I love her. She was great. Uh, yeah, but the the Amazons are basically, I mean, most people know about the Amazons at least a little bit. You know, they're like a society, an entirely female society that's basically self-sufficient. That sounds ideal. Yeah. Let's go, sounds, find, that, let's go find that island and live there. Yeah, we can. <laughs> maybe we can go to the the uh, Themyscira that, you know, in Wonder Woman. Yeah. That one. Yeah, we'll all, that one. That was pretty cool. That was that pretty, pretty much warm. the best part of Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they, I mean, they did form relationships with, with men, uh, particularly Ebony with her centaur boyfriend, which is really awkward. Horse discourse. Horse How did they discourse. have a child? How did they like, have I, a child? I'm, I'm never going to get over the fact that, you know, there was a baby. Amazon centaur baby. Baby, baby centaur. It, it, I just, like, that's just a thing that happened on the show, and it was just, like, accepted. It was like, yes, that's just totally a thing. Like, that it's, cre- it's creepy enough that people ask married couples, are you trying to have a baby? Because, like, that's invasive and there's a lot of like you know how that's gonna go yeah if you ask the centaur couple are you trying you're asking a whole level of stuff that's just like oh i don't know if i need to know any of this i don't know i don't need to know details no, no i don't and oh. i i mean maybe that's why they didn't bring it up because it would be fucking traumatizing for the <laughs> to know how that went down yeah. <laughs> but anyway they have their own customs and governments and you know xena and gabrielle always kind of go to them when they're in trouble and they need help and uh the Amazons called them for the same a few times, and they saw each other as allies, usually, even when their visions didn't mess, uh, mesh. And they had troubles with Xena. Which I, I mean, think, most people did. You know, That's she's <laughs> not entirely trusted Xena, so they've been a bit of an interloper, but then Gabrielle basically became their queen, and so they kind of had to accept her. But um, 
I've called Xena the reluctant in-law to the Amazons when Gabrielle became queen. They were just like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll take her too. We go, yeah, which is, why not? You know, we like, we'll like, make her an ally, I when guess. We started, when we started dating, I was like, I have a cat, so, so if we're going to move in together, the cat's coming with me. Package deal. I feel like that's the Amazons. Well, we have a queen and she's got a wife, so, okay. It's, yeah, fine. And now, you know, I've had this cat for 11 years. He's our pod cat. He frequently shows up in the middle of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. If you've heard him, if you've seen our social media, he is pod cat. And yeah, we didn't bring him today for a variety of reasons. Uh, yeah, we record on our floor in our apartments, and yeah. uh, it, he sometimes just decides that he wants to be part of the discussion. Sometimes it's very well timed. Sometimes I'm like, can we just not right now? Because mommy's crying over Zena again. And so, in addition to like really having like a wide variety of like really nuanced female characters and characters in general, uh, the show really, I mean, paved the way for depictions of queerness in TV. I mean, this is the 90s, specifically female queerness. Um, but, you know, Xena and Gabrielle were lovers or partners or girlfriends or wives or soulmates, soulmates or whatever you They were definitely soulmates. Them. They said that at least they, three I mean, times a season. They literally say they're soulmates. And if you try to Take argue a drink it, every time they say soulmates. So many times. If you try to argue with us that they were just gal pals, we will tell you that you're wrong because you're wrong. If you know why that's funny, you know why that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> They were soulmates, like I said, they were in love, they were destined to be together in any reality. They were in love in literal alternate realities, like, and then, you know, at some point, they risked, like, literally destroying the entire universe and having the universe not exist anymore just so they can get back together. Oh my better. god, that sounds like Carmilla. That yeah. sounds like Carmilla, and Carmilla did that so bad, but Zena did it so well. Good job, Zena. Yeah, they destroy, like, the fates loom, and then who knows yeah. what's gonna happen, and they end up okay, but, uh... Oh, because Zena watched it. But yeah, I mean, they did that literally so they could be back together and not be in mortal, mortal danger under Caesar's role in this alternate universe. Uh, I mean, that was a big risk, but like, you know, good for them for taking it. Also, good job for, you know, managing to have the faith, the faith in each other to be like, we could just blow everything up entirely, but, you know, we had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then in a really sort of fan service episode, uh, they're reincarnated into other people's bodies and they uh, end up together and they smooch. So, I yeah. mean, I don't really know how you're supposed to interpret that any other way than yeah. they're totally in love. And they kissed each other so many times, so you guys. Many times. So many times. So many times. And they didn't need to do this. They, so, one of it was the ambrosia. So, Gabrielle grabbed a little piece of it, put it in her mouth for some reason, and then put it in Xena's mouth. I'm like, you had it in your hand. You could have just, like, dropped that in. Like, but no, no, but it's, it's, gotta be, it's gotta be, like, a mouth dress. You gotta mullabird that into her, and, I mean, good for, I mean, it worked for us. Like, we got, we got some content. <laughs> We got some content in the 90s, because, my God, that was a desert. Um, and the if you can see it there, uh, the first one on the top, where Gabrielle's got the Amazon queen outfit on, Bruce Campbell, again, if you're here, come on over. Because um, this is the episode... Oh, that was. No, it's, no, but this is yeah. when they do it. So this is the quest. Yes. Where they snuck in a kiss using Bruce Campbell as a tolicus, because uh, it was very clearly these two going to make out, but the censors wouldn't allow it. Because Zeno was in uh, Bruce Campbell's uh, body. body. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. They, they, they did what they could within the boundaries of, of the 90s. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, like, the 90s were not good. Who watched Friends? That They were so bad with the lesbians. And there. I mean, there's literally, like, the, like the, the, the one in the top, it's... Literally, there was an episode where Gabrielle's in a ring of fire, and she's basically in a Sleeping Beauty situation, and it's only her soulmate who can awaken her with a kiss, and guess what? It turns out to be Zena. Yeah. I don't think that's really gay. That's really gay. <laughs> There's nothing heterosexual about that. No. 
On a scale uh, of one to Sappho. Yeah, and I mean, like, when Xena dies and she's in the scare world and then Gabrielle follows her, she's hanging out with her, like, next girlfriend, Akemi, and she's like, oh, this is, this is Gabrielle, this is my soulmate, and, you know, smiles at her really, like, warmly. It's, yeah. yeah. A friend of ours who is much older than us, uh, hasn't really ever watched the show, but happened upon a clip of it on like a little an episode <laughs> on TV maybe a couple of weeks ago. We showed up and we're talking to her, and she said, "Oh, Chloe, I was watching that show, and I watched it for two seconds, and I was like, oh my god, this is gay." This, you know, Zeno was like, "I won't leave without Gabrielle. I'm not going anywhere." And she's like, "Wow, man, they were in love." Oh, there was no love. Yeah, oh, that was two minutes of this. Literally like, two oh, minutes. Oh, that show they do the podcast. Oh, that's so gay. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, at some point. Uh, Zeno literally oh, yeah. surprises Gabrielle with a love poem that she's commissioned from Sappho. What I wanted to do her birthday. was show the picture of um, that Sappho and Friends painting where like Sappho was a feast for somebody. Um, it's a bit but it's really though. inappropriate. It's like there's a lot of kids around here right yeah. now. I'm like that would probably not fly in such a family friendly venue. But yeah, the poem literally reads: "There's a moment when I look at you, and no speech is left in me. My tongue breaks, then fire races under my skin." And I tremble and grow pale, for I am dying of such love, or so it seems to me. So, <laughs> and, then they, and then they fly off, literally fly off into literally the sunset. Literally into the sunset. And a lot of people are consider that the last episode of Xena, because it would be I a do. really good ending. Um, however, there's a lot of death and crying, and then yeah. me crying, and, and then, then crying, like. Yeah. I literally apologize in advance when that episode comes out. I literally, every time I watch the final episode of Xena, I ugly cry. And I'm not talking like I just have like a little mist. I like ugly cry for like 20 Sobbing. minutes. Sobbing. Sobbing. Like hanging off the side of the couch. <laughs> the cat is looking at her like, what? Uh, which I'm sure is a really normal reaction to have. But I do cry over everything. And this <laughs> is really sad. Yeah, I'm actually surprised you didn't use this poem as, our, as your wedding vows. <laughs> Maybe we do the 10-year renewal. You'll do that as your wedding. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Now I'm going to have to, because you put it in my head. (laughs) And I'll use some poor Amos lyrics. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like we said, some people argue that um, they're lesbians, they're bisexual. Um, I kind of think they're they're bisexual with a real strong preference for women. I think you agree. Yeah, because, I mean, especially Gabrielle. Yeah, she she mourns Perdiccas for... She, like, really loved him, yeah. Yeah, she really... I don't really understand why, but... He was kind of bland. Yeah. I mean, he was... What do I call him? Uh, an untoasted bagel with plain cream cheese. Yeah. That's how, that's how bland that's he was. That's how we refer to Perkis, and that's what <laughs> she thought of him initially, too, but then suddenly she thinks he's the best. I don't know. Doesn't yeah. really make any sense. No, I'm, whatever. Yeah. I don't understand why some people date some men, so I'm just like... And, yep, also, okay. and also in the episode where uh, Gabrielle marries Perdiccas, uh, she and Xena share a mouth kiss, and then they, like grasp each other like they're both going off to their death but (laughs) i mean if i was going to be stuck in a heterosexual marriage i would probably do the same thing (laughs) um so i i am i I do lean towards them being bisexual because bisexual representation is so 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 maligned and is not great i mean we have a lot of you know lesbian content on tv now we have the l word um we have alex danvers yes uh, yeah. Um, I mean, bisexual, we have Sarah Lance, and I can't think of anybody else. I can't really think of anything else either. They're probably. I mean, most of the cast of Legends is some kind of. Yeah, some, some kind, kind of pansexual. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but Legends does everything. Legends a does lot everything better. great. We've kind of, we kind of feel like Legends of Tomorrow is almost like a. 
like it, 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 it's so much of the same spirit of Xenu yeah. where it's totally campy, but there's a lot of emotional stuff behind it, and they're really ahead of ahead of themselves with like the different queer representation yeah. and like. Oh, yeah. A whole bunch of different types of representation. Again, strong female characters, not just strength, but also, like, nuanced, fleshed out. Um, and there's a good bit of comedy, and I would love them to see, I would love to see them try to take on, like, a Xena spin-off, or a Xena rip-off kind of thing. Or, like, go to Ancient Greece, and there's a Xena character there. I mean, they could. Like, it's completely ridiculous. There's literally an entire recurring plot where a giant Bebo doll yeah. is, like, looks like a ruling muffin. over the... Bebo yeah. loves you. <laughs> Is, is like a danger or a god. Yeah, it features heavily. So yeah. Also, we have you know Xena. We had nothing for years, and then we have Legend of Tomorrow. Basically, is what we're at with, with decent bisexual romance. Or generally, if there is bisexual representation on TV, it's like the like the greedy like the greedy bisexual. There's bisexual, cheating or that nonsense, yeah. which we are very tired of. Yeah, it's like less of that. That's boring. Um, one thing I do enjoy about Xena is is the sexual tension that does occur with a lot of the characters, specifically Gabrielle and Aphrodite. I shit the hell out of that. Oh yeah. I may have looked up fan fiction. There's not a lot of fan fiction, unfortunately. Of course, you looked up fan fiction. Listen, I don't read <laughs> fan fiction. I used to. I think when I was 15 and watched Passions, that really, really bad soap opera. If anyone remembers that, I was obsessed. What about the demon doll or clown doll and a witch? Or... It was literally, it, again, really super campy, so that's why I loved it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also recovering from surgery and was, like, on drugs. And so yeah, well, I mean, that would probably make it really way good. more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I love Gabrielle and Aphrodite because um, they have amazing chemistry. And I have to give a lot of credit to whoever did the casting for the show because they, like, they paired two actresses who do have great chemistry, and they work so well together, and they both have amazing comedic timing. And, um, I mean, the way they look, <laughs> the the blonde brunette thing, um, kind, of, kind of a thing. It's kind of kind just of a, a thing. little bit of a thing. Maybe a little bit. Maybe some of us, like, sort of, I don't know, maybe there's a couple, a couple of blonde brunette pairings. Like, queer women and indie <laughs> folks really, really like the blonde brunette pairing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. We didn't even have to think about this no. for more than like five minutes when no. we were trying to find pictures for this slideshow. Nope. I'm just still going. <laughs> these two still shoot these two. Paul Steen, love it. Like I mean, we could we could go on for like oh we could just we could do an entire hour. podcast about we could just sit here and click through pictures. Yeah, we could just click like, through yep, pictures. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. all of this. Killing yep. Eve, we're coming Killing back Eve. in April. Very excited. And yeah, we had we had to include Gillian Anderson just because. <laughs> find a way to include Julian Anderson in there. Yeah, we had two pictures of Kate Blanchett. We had to include Julian Anderson. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's how gay we are. And we, we will acknowledge a lot of these are canon, um, and some of them are a little queer baby. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that Killing Eve is queer baby, um, because they're just not having sex the way you want them to have sex. That's, I think, the, the big critique. Maybe, yeah. And, uh, I mean... And Clexa. Clexa was terrible. There are people, particularly younger people, and by younger people I mean younger than us so you know in their 20s who consider Xena to be queer baby and I disagree. disagree I really strongly disagree because you know the show did give us that relationship they just didn't like get it on on screen and yeah I mean it was a syndicated show airing usually on weekends you're not going to have, like, wild flying scissoring sex going across your screen at 3pm like, like, not, get, unless it's on, like I don't know porn channels. It was basically the most epic love story, and 
it was yeah. clearly a love story, and I, if, again, if you don't get that, then you're wrong. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> go all the way back to the scissors, the rainbow scissors. Yeah. Again. <laughs> so I mean, I, I really disagree that it was queer bidding. I consider queer bidding more like you know, it, it hints at it, and like it's more of like a will they, won't they, and there's might be flirting, but nothing ever really happens, yeah. and not even all that subtextually. No, no if the writer, if the writers hear that they're like if the writers see that there's chemistry and play with it and and put these characters together so much in a flirtatious and relationship almost kind of context, um, and then they don't actually follow through and do anything with it, that's queer bait. That yeah. is full on queer bait. We got so many kisses on Xena. They literally like slapped the sunset together. Like, like they people, were in love. People call, <coughs> and again, people call them soulmates and girlfriends all the time. It's yeah. indicated that in the future they end up together. And, like, yeah, reincarnated. reincarnated several times. Yeah, many <laughs> times. Um, and I mean, this is at the same time that Ellen came out, and then immediately got fired. Yeah, and I mean, I was just watching yesterday actually because I was grumpy and I want to watch Dina. <laughs> I watched that episode where um, there's uh, people are after Zena's baby and which one <laughs> uh, after Eve and uh, they both die and then Aries sticks them in ice blocks where they get preserved for 30 years but oh. you know he's talking to Zena uh, well, he, she's supposedly dead, and he's saying, oh, you know, I could have given you so much more than Gabrielle ever did. I understood your dark side. I encouraged it, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, and it's it's always been just obvious say, that... Just, just, dude, just say your penis. Just say that, <laughs> Aries, just say penis. But, I mean, like Aries everything. has always been after Zena, <laughs> like, romantically and in sort of a allyship sort of way. Let Aries, so. let Aries say penis 2020. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it's clear that he's basically saying, yeah, you two were together, yeah. and I could have been so much better, and, which is totally which is not true. such a gross dude thing to say. He's gross. That is such a gross dude thing to say. I um, love Aries the character, but he's gross. Oh, he's so gross. No, and that's the thing. Like, he's he is probably my favorite villain of, of the show, just because he is so creepy and smarmy, and he's so easy to be like, ugh, oh, I just maybe Kalisto. Oh, I love Kalisto. Well, we, we, you've all, if you listen to the show, you know my thirst for Kalisto. This is not news to anybody who's heard me talk about Kalisto. Hudson, like, call me. Um, anyway, so I, I, like we said, it's not queer baby. They did everything they could possibly do. Um, like, you're not going to get, like, a Sappho-led dyke march going across your screen because they couldn't. They couldn't. They wanted to have the show keep going. They wanted to have an audience. They wanted to have things progress. And there's only so much you can do within the confines of daytime TV. And everything they did, they could do it. Yeah, they really did. And, you know, Lucy Wallace was, like, on late-night TV saying, you know, they're married men and they're stuff married. like that. Yeah. I think she was on Conan, and she said that she was reading the, the script for the last episode, and she's like, well, you just outed us, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> and Rob, Rob's like, I think I did that a couple of seasons ago, though. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that was, that was real gay. Yeah. And also, in terms of, like, trans rep or, like, Close to trans rep, I guess. They were pretty good. Like Not perfect. Yeah, so in the uh, beauty pageant episode... Miss Amphipolis. Miss Amphipolis. Uh, you know, it was a trans sex worker who was playing the role of Miss Artifice in the name. Miss the Artifice name is, is a yeah. bit... Uh, um, but, you know, basically playing a gender non-conforming beauty pageant. And uh, when Xena finds out that this person is not, like assigned female at birth, she's super cool, and just, you know, encourages this person to be themselves, and very much a proud, supportive ally, just like, oh, okay, and just competes, and is happy competing with this person, and then ends up sharing, like, a big smooch with them at the end, (laughs) and 
you know, I kind of get the sense that this character is sort of supposed to be a trans woman and they don't really quite get there, but in general, this, you know, as a gender non-performing person and they were yeah. really supportive. And this person ends up winning the beauty pageant and again, they smooch. And it can, the show itself, considering that, you know, this was like a, a person, an actor who had AIDS and was trans and on TV, like this was a pretty big deal. Like this big was, it, and this was right in the middle yeah, of the AIDS crisis. AIDS crisis. You know, and... Yeah, and then we, we, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't explicitly said this is a trans woman, um, but it, it definitely kind of came across that way. But again, I think they kind of toned it down a bit so as not to alienate a lot of the core audience who are, I mean, lesbians, but like, yeah. <laughs> they want to make it too much for people. Because, um, I mean, trans storylines in the 90s and early 2000s, and even up until recently, hey, yikes. Little yeah, bit, still, not, still not, not always great. Y'all can do a lot better. Um, I mean, like, uh, Max on the L word. I mean, there's a podcast in and of itself. How badly did they treat Max on the L word? So badly. So badly. Like, vilified. And just like this horrible person. And as soon as he got on T, it was just like, I'm ragey. Blah. I'm like, that's kind of not how it goes. You, just, you ease into it. And it's just like, it's like a puberty. Yeah. But you're not going to like go fight a wall just because you're on T. Like, yeah, no. do your research, guys. And basically, he was mocked by all the main yeah. characters all the time. Misgendered all the time. Dead name. Jenny was an absolute demon to him. I mean, that Jenny is like that. It was really awful. Uh, Ace Ventura, the entire well, the entire joke of the movie was like, LOL, trans woman. That lady's got a penis. Okay, well, something new. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Family Guy. I hate Family Guy for a variety of reasons. But there was an episode where Brian sleeps with Quagmire's transgender parent. And he just, like, barfs for, like, what, 45 seconds after he realizes she's trans. And at that point, I was like, I'm done with this show. Which was probably one of the most horrible things I've yeah. ever seen on TV. I was... Like, how could you just read that script and be like, yeah, we're gonna go with this? When I first saw it, it didn't bother me quite as much as it does now because I was, like, quite a bit younger and maybe... Not I think we were just kind of shocked, too, that someone actually was that shitty and wrote but this I'm shitty like, of a storyline. I was just like, wow, like, this should literally never be shown on no. TV ever again. Like, no, no. I mean, Seth MacFarlane, I heard a rumor that he wanted to quit because they wouldn't let him write a scene where Quagmire rapes Marge Simpson in a crossover episode. It's disgusting. That's disgusting. It's and, disgusting. yeah, that's that's horrifying. Um, Sleepaway Camp, this campy, shitty movie from the 80s, the big reveal at the end is like, oh, the person tormenting us and haunting us actually has a penis, oh my god, I'm like, stop with this, can we just not? And then the ER, but, you know, same thing, they had a, a trans woman character come on, and it was essentially just just there to be the tragic trans character mistreated by the doctor suicidal like jumps off the roof and i'm like you didn't need to have a trans person to have a suicide storyline you could have just had someone who was suicidal yeah so did not need that i've only watched a little bit of er which i started watching because i was obsessed with Grey's anatomy and sarah was like you need to watch er because it's at least as good so and, it is. Yeah. You know, that was one of the first episodes I saw. So and I, it, it so I didn't the 90s. plan that well. It is the 90s, so I'm, I'm willing to give it a little bit of a pass. But uh. <laughs> I did not plan that one yeah. well. That's on me. Okay. <laughs> um, so if any writers are in the room, do better. I will find you if you don't. <laughs> um, not really, though. We're not, not, gonna, really. We're not actually I can't, I can't actually find anybody. Look we're at not, these arms. We're not very friendly. I'm not built for fighting. No. <laughs> I, I have mind. a face for podcasting and a, and a body for resting. <laughs> um, so another big topic of Xena that you love is Chosen Family. Yeah, so I mean, Chosen Family is often really big for queer people, often because, you know, sometimes... Because our family's garbage. Yeah, we actually have pretty good families. I mean, my dad and my mom and my brother are cool. Yeah. 
everybody else can At least they're else. immediately family, immediate family. But, uh, you know, often, like, queer people don't have their blood family accept them. So they go and find other people who they bring close to them, and then they end up being their chosen family. And we huddle together like penguins in the cold. And we all mean, sing together for day warmth. Yeah. Even when you do have a good family, you know, we definitely have people we can, like, are, like, queer chosen family yeah. that we, you know, really cherish. So. I mean, I'm not going to call my mom to discuss hot ladies. So. <laughs> no, probably I not. I will do that with my gay friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even if you just decide to outright just ignore the romantic relationship of Zena yeah. and Gabrielle, which you shouldn't. No, we shouldn't uh, do that. You can't deny that they're chosen family, like, right even from the beginning, like, in the first episode... Uh, Zena is talking to her dead brother. You know she's over. Which is a thing you can say. Which is a yeah. thing you can say. Uh, yeah. Oh, did, no, that was that wasn't when he appeared, was it? No, no, no. Oh, it was just. Time. It was just okay. like no. She's talk, talking to the casket. But you know she's just been shunned by her mom, and she states that it's oh, hard to be. Oh, that familiar. Yeah. <laughs> again, being shunned by mom, and uh, you know Gabrielle said, and she says it's hard to be alone to her dead brother, and then Gabrielle's standing beside her and says, "Oh, you're not alone." And that's, a, that's a U-Haul moment, if there ever was one. Yeah. We just met. Gabrielle's got the thing idling out back with like with her wardrobe ready to go, like, run adventure, right? She basically We're gonna go. badgers her into letting her come with her, and then she's like, you're never getting rid of me. <laughs> just like, this is it. Gabrielle's like a barnacle on a boat. It's like, <laughs> this is mine now. <laughs> and, like, in the abyss, you know, one of the times Gabrielle's dying, uh, I think this time... One of the, it, <laughs> it's like, one of the times Gabrielle was dying. I think this time it's because they ended up in the river, and then she ripped open her leg or something, and then it was cold, and then she was, like, bleeding. And Anyway, she says she doesn't want to be buried with her family or with the Amazons. She wants to be buried with Xena, because Xena is the most important person to her and their family, and blah, blah, blah. They it's got matching blocks and amphibolis or something, I don't know. It's all very dramatic. They spend, like, half this episode just, like, shivering and clinging together in this cave while they proclaim their love for one another. I mean, that's how Titanic should have gone. They could both sit on the little boat. Yeah. Zena did it better. And I mean, like... Zena could have written Titanic better. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Zena and Gabrielle raise a baby together, too. Not for very long, because they they end up being frozen in an ice block, and then the baby grows up and ends up being, like, a scary warlord person. But, um... Yeah, for a while. Which is also a thing we can say, yeah. And then Zena gets unfrozen and comes back to meet her evil child. Yes. And then they make her nice again. I don't know. But, um, you know, she literally tells Ares that Zena has the baby daddy role. No, no, that Gabrielle has it. And uh, that, uh, oh, yeah, dad, that Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Yeah, so I just then on, I refer to her as Dadriel. Dadriel. What, uh, what do you call Gabrielle when she's doing crunches? Abriel. Abriel. Yes. <laughs> Well, Gabrielle was on that big metal, the big rock thing in the in the demon lair, Slabrielle. Oh my god! <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, not that they don't care about Eve, um, but you know she she kind of does go off and do her own thing after they redeem her, right? Yes. Who do you think she's Supergirl and Alex Danvers walking by? Oh no, Black Canary. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they kind of like go off and do their thing. Um, Eve goes to do her thing and. I I, I full-on blocked this out. How does Zena actually die? Is there... Yes. Yeah. It's horrifying. It's, uh, She's, like, carrying her head around. Husband. Yeah, okay. Oh, sobbing. It's really awful. <laughs> cool. I blocked all that out, and now I have to go on a panel after this with that knowledge. Amazing. Um, so Gabrielle goes into the spirit world to try and bring her back. Um, it was unsuccessful. I mean, they had a good run. It was six seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And a cartoon and comics. Um, 
But at the end of the episode that I don't like to talk about, um, she's seen on the boat talking to Xena and Xena's spirit, and Xena's spirit uh, assures Gabrielle that she'll always be in her heart, and where you go, I'm by your side. That's a country song. That, that is a full-on like lesbian country <laughs> song. Randall Lambert should write this. Yeah, and that's literally how the show ends. <laughs> Which totally, um, totally heterosexual, and... Completely straight yeah. thing to do. Yeah. And during that, that's I'm still crying when this. I'm probably not crying now. Happens. Actually. Yeah. No. <laughs> you mentioned it enough. Like you could be. You could start. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about the Amazons before, and like we said, Gabrielle is their queen. They do function as her family when she's having marital problems with Zena. <laughs> um, she's like, I'm going to my sister's goodbye. Like after uh, her daughter kills Zena's son. Which, again, very dramatic, very bad. Which is also a normal thing we can uh, say about the show. Totally normal thing. Uh, she goes to her for, uh, to the Amazons for a cleansing, which takes many days and seems really brutal. And she loves a lot of naked ass smacking, too. With palm fronds. It's very really awkward, yeah. really. And at this point, she plans to stay with them indefinitely. And yeah. she doesn't, obviously, but she's yeah. really not happy with Xena. And that's no, where Zena, she goes. Xena is currently screaming on a mountain during this, uh, wearing what looks like our carpet. And Joxer is with Gabrielle. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we have to begrudgingly admit you, that... You and I don't. <laughs> well, he is. That Joxer is part of the little chosen family. Uh, I mean, they find him irritating a little bit, but uh, they are genuinely devastated when he initially dies and that uh, been there, done that sort of Groundhog Day episode. Uh, before they realize that he's going to keep on coming back when he yeah. dies. I was like, oh, oh my god, god. always oh, back. Okay, oh, it's one of those episodes. Huh. <laughs> and he's always there for them, even if that's partially just because he's creeping on Gabrielle and completely infatuated with her, which that's is creepy. a very one-sided thing. Yeah. Uh, he's sometimes spying on her when she's naked. Creepy. Again, creepy. creepy. Sorry, it's creepy. He's creepy. And, uh... He, creepy sort of sucks. But, you know, he's a loyal friend to both of them. We'll drop everything from either of them. Uh, we just don't like him much because he's... He's, the, he's the creepy cousin you see at family dinners every couple of years. And it's just like, oh yeah, this is why I don't invite you to hang out. Because you're <laughs> creepy and you may try and spy on me when I'm naked. And they have to keep saving him because he's a fucking dumbass. <laughs> How many times? It's like, Josh gets in trouble. That's like what, uh, when Don's in trouble on Buffy. It must be Tuesday. Like, Josh, it must be Saturday. <laughs> yeah. But even that episode I was talking about that I just watched, you know, the episode is, is through Josh's, like lens where he's 65 years old or something and he's got the scroll of Xena and Gabrielle and he's telling them the story like oh these were my these were my people yeah he's not my people yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um one of my least favorite things about Joxer is the musical episode when he has to sing Joxer the Mighty and I was just like can we have less of this forever Joxer the Mighty also gets stuck in my head for about five days every time I hear it so great it's uh, really... so this is a great segue into the musical episode section yeah. then <laughs> Which we actually, I hate musical episodes so much. I hate it so much. See, I really like The Bittersweet. I no. think, no, I love it. It's great. It's ridiculous. But it actually furthers the plot. It actually does. And I think this is a rarity of TV musical episodes. The fact that it actually made them kind of work their shit out. Like it forced them to have a conversation via song. Which well, they they're both like tied down, like Zena's crucified and Gabrielle's like on a slab. Yeah. And they're just like awkward. And they're just like awkward, like singing at one another, just like proclaiming all of their hurt and love and um, yeah. well, making really dramatic singing faces. 
Yeah, I mean, Renee, they, <laughs> Renee can't sing, so they had to get someone to do that for her, and her lip sync was off a little bit. It wasn't too bad. It was, I mean, it was just like, I was in hell watching that the first time, <laughs> and we thankfully were able, were able to get her friend Jamie over to do the episode with us, because I was like, it would just be me groaning the entire time. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, Xena kind of, in a way, started that weird trend of having musical episodes as one-offs. I think so, because I Googled, like, TV shows, musical episodes, and pretty much everything I found was post-Xena. Post-Xena. Buffy? Which, again, was one of the episodes that uh, really furthered the plot. Which I also hate. I know, you also hate that one, but I was, like, 14 years old when that came on, and I was, like, waiting. I counted down to it. I had, like, a friend at school who was really into it, and I was, like, every day I was, like, this is a nightmare. This is my personal nightmare. No. Great. I, and I feel like I'm going to lose so many gay points. I hate the song that Willow and Tara sing. I or Tara sing to Willow, I'm Under Your Smell. Yeah, I don't know what to say to you right now. <laughs> so she's going to file divorce papers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's Once More Feeling was the Buffy, and like the bittersweet, you know, it's dead people screwing with them. Something like that. Yeah. Dead people doing things. Just because your dad doesn't mean you can have a life. Like, you have, they have shit to do. It's not really dead people screwing with them. It's more like Buffy working out her shit. Oh, she's, she's, she's died and come back. And reanimated. Yeah. Anyway, just because your dad doesn't mean you can't have a life. No. <laughs> um, I also have so many questions about the musical stuff. Why did Xena's kid do this? And, like, there's, like, this whole mythical world that he built for them to work out their shit. The kid was dead, and he, he was like, these two should be together. I'm like, how does this happen? You don't really explain how this one dead kid has so much, like, power over the... <laughs> I don't know. The afterlife. Again, Xenologic, I have so many questions. Um, Grey's Anatomy did a musical episode that I thought was way more recent than it was, because I continuously watch Kyla Lee's scenes on YouTube, because she's such a good singer. Also, I'm in love with her. Uh, Glee was a whole thing, yep. which we probably should not. Don't even say the word when I come back. Don't say it three times because no. it's going to come back as a reboot. No. Uh, also, nice Lydia costume, by the way. In the front, it's a good <laughs> um, Community did one. Um, the Flash did one. I think that was just basically so they could have Melissa and what's his face sing because they're both pretty good at it. Yeah. Scrubs did one. Pushing Daisies. I forgot about that. And Riverdale apparently. Yeah, we haven't watched the recent I Riverdale episodes, but we want to because it sounds so incredibly it sounds wild. Like, it sounds like whoever writes an episode did not watch the one prior. It's just like they dream <laughs> something that happens. They just got then. like a rough, they, there's four characters doing that. Oh, okay, cool. And they go off and write an episode. Yeah. And I'm just like, this sounds wicked. Yeah. So yeah, there's like, and this is only like a really short list. So there's a ton of musical episodes that popped up after Xena did their two. And then uh, I was kind of trying to figure out why these are so popular. And I said to Sarah, like, is it because it's, like, not very, like, manly or cool to, like, musicals, but maybe if they plop a musical episode in, like, the middle of a really popular show, it will somehow be, like, okay to like it? I don't know. Is it, like, yeah. a secret... I don't know. Like, how many... How many guilty pleasure sort of thing that's somehow that's an okay? That's an affront to guilt and pleasure. Um, I hate that phrase. I don't know. How many, how many dude bros are actually watching things like Grace and, like, Scrubs, I can see it community i can see the it flash people flash. Watch, yeah dudes watch the flash dudes watch this, i think i watch it because there's pretty ladies on it which, which is how i view most things well which is probably why some guys watch it as well same as xena pro- yeah the, the boob armor probably i mean my dad calls xena xena boob princess boob princess so and uh when we were on pop this lisa christensen told a story where uh her grandfather was flicking the channels stopped on xena and her grandmother goes helma changed the channel helma 
Thelma changed the channel, and he just didn't. So she had to like get up and physically like turn the TV channel, <laughs> and then was, like, the trance was broken, and he was okay again. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's the power of the boobs. They'll just, they'll just get you. Yeah, like I pretty much used to secretly watch Xena in my computer room. Which is the thing that people used to have in their homes is the computer room. Yes, in case the children here didn't know this, we had separate places for the computers to live. <laughs> they just didn't live in your pocket at all times. No, we just called it the computer room. And I, yeah. I, My mother I, still refers to the computer room. It's in the living room now, Mona. Like, it's a table in the living room. <laughs> Go to the computer room. I had a separate room. And, uh, yeah, I used to spend basically all my time in the computer room watching Xena and talking to you when you lived in Halifax. <laughs> So. I like that you had to hide the Xena watching like it was scandalous. Like, <laughs> queer as folk in the L word, yeah, hide that shit from your parents. <laughs> but, yeah, that was before it came out, though, so. Xena wasn't even, like, explicitly gay. Well, I also used to watch queer as folk in the L word in there. Yeah, well. So, there was yeah, a lot of, like, sudden screen minimizing. So, I was in university around queer as folk in the second season, so I was able to, like, watch it. I was like, I'm going to bed early, guys. Bye. Go watch the gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Actually, we're, we're coming close to an hour, so we should yeah. probably wrap it up so we can get ready for the next thing. Um, thank you all for coming. Um, and thank you for, for listening to us ramble about Xena. I mean, it's been 25 years. I mean... And we're, there's still weirdos like us who still care. So. And, I mean, that's ultimately our, our point with this whole thing, is that Xena had this huge impact, was hugely feminist, was hugely queer. Yep. Uh, as much as it could within the confines of being the 90s and the censors yep. and everything, and... Uh, you know, they didn't show any of the centaur stuff, thankfully, which, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we had the, the reboot conversation a lot, and I'm like, I would love to see, like, Xena on stars. Like, stars blood and nipples and blah, but also, like, there's a centaur option that's going to be terrible to watch. See, I don't want to see this because, and I said this, and I've said this before, I like that Xena was really wholesome. I don't think there are many shows out there anymore that are sort of, like, wholesome fantasy, like, adventure no, no, thing. I don't, and I, don't I really, so, no. I just really appreciated its spirit. And, I, you know, maybe I would have had them more explicitly, you know, kissing not because of a water transfer, but because they were just kissing or whatever. But, like, I liked that ultimately it was pretty wholesome. And yeah. I liked that it was on in the middle of the day when maybe younger people like myself would yeah. see this kind of thing and feel seen by the show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can still get away with watching it because it wasn't like you were watching, like, Showtime at, like, midnight, midnight or yeah. something. I had a friend in high school who watched it because she had a thing for Aries and leather, and I was like, that's your, yeah, go for it. Uh, leather Daddy Aries, one of my favorites. Um, but I watched it for the queerness, but, like, we neither, neither of us acknowledged our weird little reasons to watch it. We were like, it's a feminist show, and it's good. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. And I don't at all dream about being on adventures with uh, Zena and Gabrielle in, like, the forest. Any level of cool cred we had is now out the window. <laughs> Just, we, we maybe had, like, an ounce. No, we had never had any cool cred. Our entire podcast is yeah. built on the fact that we are wildly uncool. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, true. So, 25 years later, we're still talking about Zena. You guys are still talking about Zena. Um, and, and I appreciate it. And I think that, uh, I think it was, it was important and it's still important. And, um, read the comic books because they kind of take it a little further and the comics are explicitly gay and there is a lot of stuff in there that they couldn't do on TV. So yeah. also thank you to the comic book writers and artists for, for really leveling up for us. For sure. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think we're, yeah, we're about an hour in. I think we're good. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you all for, thank for coming. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. <laughs>